Keel over for a few minutes after Rex's maneuver. I've blown too hard on the tube and the fumes have knocked me out. When I open my eyes again, my jaw drops and Amanaka's expression tells me that the next part's gonna be hard. The planet we've blown is larger than all the others, but still much smaller than King Akiyandi's. If only things had stopped there, then Amanaka's pride could have been sated after passing the trial. The problem was that the sphere was anything but round and had horribly cost us the hands of the Squilla. And we are gonna need hands. Technically, we had failed the very essence of the right before the clan. We, the best generation of Maelstrom in decades. And even if we had passed, the worst was yet to come. The third event, the tug of war. And I don't even want to mention the fourth one, which makes the three previous ones look like child's play. Must be a good hour since the trial was completed, but Akuyandi, Jakpa, and the other shamans had not yet ruled on our case. We returned to our stools with our pretty new moon tattoos all glistening, to potentially just be eliminated. Arkanza understood the irony of the situation long before me. She thrusts needles, removes them, and thrusts them again into Rex's nerve centers, in an attempt to contain the pain, but mainly to get rid of this terrible discomfort. The crowd awaits the verdict of the shamans in mute silence. Making the slightest noise now would be tantamount to blasphemy. Rex's face distorts in silent pain, the flesh on his hands probably still cooking, while the molten glass dries on top. Eventually, it'll crack into a thousand tiny fragments that'll enter the tissues, veins, and muscles like the morning dew, penetrating the dunes of the shore. His recovery will be a torment. Sleek is hunched over in what I can only imagine is guilt and shame, his head buried in his hands, aware that his weakness has helped us to fail the trial. While the eel is convinced that he's solely to blame, I'm sure he had nothing to do with it, which I hate to admit, because not even ten of us could have won against Amanaka's powerful breath. The real culprit is our leader, who, blinded by his rivalry with his father, was only looking out for number one, forgetting how to work as a team. And it seems that only now is this starting to dawn on him. The large stone doors open slowly, crunching on the sand. But to my disappointment, neither the king nor the high shaman appear. It is Arkansa's uncle, Gakpe. He displays his usual warmth with a half-smile and walks slowly towards the rest of our group. Gakpe has the look of someone who knows where he's going and what he's doing. And even if his expression is unreadable, it at least reassures me. The decision has not yet been taken, and Gakpe is here for a completely different reason. He gives a brief bow, puts a hand on Sleek's shoulder, and leans over Rexus to examine his condition. Hmm, it's a nasty wound. Uh, little Ark, let me take over. Arkansa naturally steps aside without a word. She's right to have confidence in her mentor, as Gakpe is the best healing shaman in the village. While Ark is a master at her art, she's still a precocious child who, despite being a fast learner, lacks experience. Gakpe lays his hand gently on Rex's, whispering words that I cannot understand, and the Squilla falls asleep within seconds. The burning must be stopped. How do we do it, Uncle? Like I put him to sleep. <laughs> I'm about to reveal a branch of the shamanic arts I've kept from you until now, my dear Ark. <laughs> it seems that today is the perfect day to teach fire healing. I nod silently. 
It's strange for Gakpei to suddenly focus this on art, because it's only really useful in wartime. Before I start, I have a few thoughts on the trials. I suppose it concerns the melancholy expression on your face as you walked. I saw it clearly. You know, Ark, youth is really something both amazing and terrible. And maybe today it seems so terrible for the simple reason that my protégé is participating in the trial. I might be seeing things clearly, but I can't tell if I'm right or just blinded by the high stakes of the situation. But the facts alone suggest you've got here by chance rather than by merit. It's true. We winged it without any real strategy because our talent would see us through. But no matter how stupid my teammates may seem, we're still maelstroms. That's true, Ark. But what would have happened if you'd been less gifted in your field? Or if you'd been even slightly less talented? We'd have failed. For sure. As a crag... How can you rely on factors that you didn't choose? Your innate gifts? That goes against everything we stand for. Your precocious talents might dazzle, but the day will come when you're overtaken by less talented and more hard-working fighters. And then no one will look at you, and it'll be too late. Following this path will just lead to stagnation, limited by pride, relying on your gifts and brought low by the praise of others. Standing still is a form of spiritual death. Remember what I used to tell you about life? That it's a constant paradox? Exactly. Shamanic art is dedicated to understanding the universe based on three major pillars that are nigh on impossible to reconcile. Letting go, because it's only when we stop trying to understand that we end up really feeling. Humility, to vanquish thoughts of the I, because they narrow your field of perception. And finally, impermanence. The world changes every second. Things are born and wiped out at every moment. The bad becomes good, and the good becomes bad. Everything works in cycles. Time is just a misleading linear guide. And right now, I think you're acting with too much abandon, not enough humility. You made mistakes in both trials. Of course, you're still young, and such mistakes are only natural. <laughs> I myself, at your age, and with only a fraction of your talent, let myself ignore reality, because I was sure that my gifts could make up for the mess I left in my wake. But I realized the error of my ways very early on. Luckily so, because the longer the backlash takes, the worse it is. That's how youth is, as dangerous as it's rewarding. Impetuous and reckless, it leads you into the harsh realities of failure to show you how weak you are and that the outside world can bring you down at any moment. 
but my niece's safety is at stake. And this is no time for tough love. Yet, looking at you, it's time for some hard lessons. Put your pride aside, and remember this trial could cause you to lose everything. That's all I ask. Gakpei is embroidering, evasive, beating around the bush. So I decide to shake things up a bit. I'll think about it, Uncle. But it's time to stop talking and tell me what you have in mind. The stars in which I learned to read showed me the ocean, a symbol of life, but also of death. It means a happy or tragic event will occur which will have a strong impact on the outcome of the trial. The mind is continuously coming up with imaginary projections that it tries to sell as reality, but things never turn out as predicted. You taught me that. And I know that wise men of your caliber are not the sort to fall into this kind of trap. So why so worried this time? Hmm. Pugnacity and insight. <laughs> That's what I've always liked about you. But just as I sent Rexes to sleep with a few everyday words and a little pressure, I'm an expert in things you know nothing about. Today is not the time to show you, but if I had to give you an inkling, I'd just say that the stars in which I learned to read are components of the universe, and that in the universe, time as you know it does not exist. First of all, there was nothing, and before this nothing, there was something. This something is both the whole and nothing. Put another way, it's possible, with sufficient experience, to glimpse facts that have already happened, but are yet to come. Oh, oh, of course, this science is inaccurate, but I'm an expert at it, and I'm rarely wrong. So be careful with your next steps. Now, if you don't mind, let me take care of your teammate. I have a sudden urge to yell at my uncle, to beat it out of him, and suddenly... I'm sent right back to our fights, or rather my screaming fits. I let him turn his attention to Rex's. He then bends down to examine the injured hands of the patient, who is snoring loudly. He seizes the squilla's burnt palms and rubs them lightly while muttering an incantation. He then adds the contents of a vial to the healing balm I used on the burns. This should all heal him quite quickly. You said you'd teach me fire healing. That's what I've just done. You know, Ark, sometimes it's impossible to cure people, and the best way to do so is to show them to do it themselves. Healing comes from the energy of the patient, not from the energy of the healer. With a snap of his fingers, he wakes Rexes, who had seemed to be in a deep coma. The spectators stir. Akuyandi and Jakpa have just entered the hall to announce their decision. Piece of shit! And we're gonna get thrown out of here because of me. I'm completely unworthy of being a maelstrom. And even if the shaman's decision does go our way, what good am I? A midget eel? Gonna be in a tug of war? What evil bastard chooses such trials? For the honor of my clan. But above all, because I'm a liability for the team, it's better that I just disappear. 